We thank God for the word that we have heard last Sunday, which Pastor Ray has started our study in the book of Galatians. And he was reminding us and challenging us as believers on what we are called to do. And he says here, The call of a Christian is clear to stand on the biblical truth and live out the gospel of Jesus. It means to stand and understand the truth from God and not only understand and have the biblical truth, but live it out in every areas of our lives. So he is challenging us on this, to stand on the biblical truth and to live out the gospel of Jesus. You know, if you notice in our century, in the past years, truth has been questioned and challenged, especially our stand as Christians. They've been challenging us. And last week, I have attended... attended um, attended the class, and when I attended the class, there's a challenge in our teacher, and challenge na is to study how people think. Sabi ko, ang hirap naman yun. So he called us to study how people think, how people think in season, in moments, in, in, in duration, or in the past, on how is it changing. And very interestingly, the way people think change over time. The way people think in the past, the way people think now are totally different. Let me give you an example. In the past, people think like, tawag dito pre-modern. Because God put it this way, this always been there. So ganun yan, straight to the point. But then they change your thinking, modern, modernism. And the way they would think is this, if I don't see it, if there's no logical sense, it's not past reasoning, I will not believe it. Ngayon, at this time, majority, all the culture thing in a way of postmodern. Anong postmodern? Basahin nyo yun. Hindi nyo mabasa. What is mean is very relative, very subjective. What is true to me might not be true to you. Kaya if you notice in our posting, in our reading, in the way people argue today, okay, I don't believe what you believe. That's your take. My truth is different from you. So notice each part of our lives, there are moments that our, the truth of God will be tested and challenged, being questioned. And I pray as a church, we'll be ready to respond. We will know how to react when people would come and question our faith in our truth. And today, as we would dig dive into the book of Galatians, we will look on how God used Paul, how God reached out and changed Paul's life and used him to confront yung mga question that people are doubting about his teaching in his life. And I pray that it will motivate us in during this time where people are questioning our faith, how do we respond? And let's study how Paul responded when people were questioning his authority, his apostleship, or what he's living about. And I've entitled this sermon, Dramatic Turnaround. And we're reading from Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 to 24. And I invite all of us to read along with me. Let's all stand as we give reverence to God's Word. And read Galatians chapter 1, verse 10 to 24. Let's read together. For I am now seeking the approval of men or of God. Or am I trying to please men? 
If I was still trying to please men, I would not be a servant of Christ. For I will have you know, brothers, that the gospel that was preached by me is not man's gospel. For I did not receive it from any man, nor was I taught it. But I received it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. For you have heard from my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. And I was advancing Judaism beyond many of my own age among my people. So extremely zealous was I for the tradition of my fathers. But when he who has set me apart before I was born and have called me by his grace was pleased to reveal his son to me in order that I might preach him among the Gentiles, I did not immediately consult with anyone, nor did I go up to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me. But I went away into Arabia and returned again to Damascus. Then after three years, I went up to Jerusalem to be Sipas and remained with him 15 days. But I saw none of the other apostles except James, the Lord's brother. In what I'm writing to you before God, I do not lie. Then I went into the region of Syria and Sicilia. And I was still unknown in person to the churches of Judea that are in Christ. They only were hearing it said, He who used to persecute us is now preaching the faith he once tried to destroy. It. And they glorify God because of me. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this afternoon that you have brought us all together. Panginoon, I pray that you would speak to us and we ask for your Holy Spirit to illuminate your word that we may understand it clearly. And I pray, Lord, that as we would dig dive into your word, may it not just be in our head, but it be a transformation of our heart and our life. Lord, I pray if anyone here need encouragement, Lord, bless that person and encourage him through your word. If anyone hears, Lord, needed to be changed or our heart has been so hard, Lord, I pray that you break our hearts. You said your word is like a hammer. And I pray that you will soften our hearts that we may hear you and respond in surrender to you. Panginoon, kayo po ang manguna sa amin ngayon. We worship you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen. You may be seated. For us to comprehend why Paul wrote this letter, let us first refer to his first missionary journey. Let us go back. What happened? Pastor Ray gave a brief background of what, what's happening into the letter, why he wrote it. But to go deep, let's understand ano nangyayari. Why did he wrote this letter? Now, you have to trace back yung first missionary journey ni Paul. And if you refer to Acts chapter 13 and to 14, you will trace the journey that he took. Let me show you. This is the journey that he took, and you can refer that in Acts chapter 13. So he went to various places. He went to a few places, and in these places, this location are under the region of Galatia. So when you said Galatian to the churches of Galatia, it's not referring to one church, but it's referring to to number of churches in that region, region which is Galatia. So ito yung mga churches na sinimulan ni Paul with Barnabas. So marami silang pinuntahan. And it took them not just a few days, but months where they were going around and, 
and setting up churches, preaching the good news. So after they, were, they have done that, they return back to Antioch. But when they return to Antioch, Paul learned a few things. That there's a group of people, the Judaizers, which is the Jewish Christian, have been spreading false teaching in the region. Ano ba yung false teaching nila? They're teaching that they, will have, they need to they embrace the grace, but at the same time, they have to do the work. The combination of God's grace and human effort. They are, this, this group of people were pushing and telling the Gentile Christians that in order for them to be Christians, they have to follow yung norm ng Jew, they have to change to a, become a Jew, and then they become a Christian. So ayon ang mga tinuturo nila. Gentile Christian must convert to be a Jew. Only then they can become a Christian. How to do that? Sabi ni Pastor Ray, and we have read that, they have to circumcise and do all those rituals. Only then they can really be a Christian. And after that, they have to obey the law. Not only that they were spreading false teaching, another gospel, there's another thing that they were doing. They were, they were trying to enhance their authority as spiritual leader. Tinataas nila yung sarili nila. How? By undermining and minimizing the authority of Paul. They were questioning his validity as as apostle. That's why he wrote. When Paul read, learned this, he wrote to the Galatian churches, responding to what they were doing. Ima mga bashers. Not only they're teaching false teaching, bashers pa sila. Alam yung bashers, right? So he wrote back. And his intention of writing this letter is to refute the teaching of the Judaizers, to establish Paul's authority that he is an apostle, and also to call the Gentile Christian to embrace the true Gospels, that he don't need to do the work. You are already saved by grace. So if you look at chapter 1, he started the letter by introduction and then he continued by rebuking them. And nabasa natin do last week. How did he rebuke? He rebuked the Gentile Christians and also the Judaizers. Sabi niya sa verse 6, I'm astonished, sabi niya do sa mga Gentile Christians, that you are so quickly discerning him who have called you in the grace and are turning to a different gospel. Tinira niya agad sa letter. Then after that, dinerecho yung mga false teachers. Sabi niya, as we have said before, so now I say again, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, let him be a curse. Dinirecho agad ni Paul sa letter niya sa chapter 1. Then Paul moved by defending himself before the accuser by highlighting three things. He mentioned, he defended himself by mentioning his allegiance. He defended himself by mentioning the message that he had. Where did he receive it? And he defended himself from the accuser by telling them and writing his testimony. Now, let's just look on how Paul presented his first defense in verse 10. Sabi niya dito, For I am now speak, seeking the approval of man or of God. Or am I trying to please man? If I were trying to please man, I would not be a servant of Christ. Again, I would like to highlight to not be a servant of Christ. The reason why he wrote this statement is because he was being accused. Ang accusation nila is ganito. Ayan si Paul, 
people pleaser yan. Nagpipilis ng people yan. And he's being accused that he was diluting or compromising the truth. Kaya si Paul, he's trying to have a large group following. Kaya niya, dinag, kaya niya hindi niya dinagay yung, yung law. So because of that, he can have more people. So he's a people pleasers. Ayan ang sinasabi ng mga Judaizers. He's a people pleasers. He's seeking popularity. And he's compromising the truth. Kaya hindi niya linagyan yung mga law. Kaya ayun ang banat kay Paul. But how did he respond? Look at how he respond. He said, I'm not a people pleaser. I'm not seeking for fame or power because my allegiance is to God and not to man. First, we let's discuss about allegiance. Our commitment, our loyalty. Paul was never seeking the approval of men or to please men because he knew who he is. He knew that he is the servant of God. Sabi mo sa atabi mo, servant of God. In Greek, it means doulos. It means one who gives himself to another's will. It means he's devoted to another to disregard his one own interest. To be a bond servant. To be a servant is his purpose is one, his objective is one is to, to please his master, not himself, not to satisfy his opinion or even approval of people. His aim is to please only one, his master. People knew, Paul knew that he was a servant of God and his bidding, his aim is to honor and glorify God in the things that he do, in how he will live. You know, I found this quote. It says here, gaining the approval of others distract us from pleasing God. As we do God's will, we must resist the desire to please people. If you would trace the life of Paul in his first missionary journey, you'll be amazed how many options, how many times he can just stop and run away. Look at chapter 13, 14. You'll see his first. It is not a simple start when he entered the, when he entered his, the ministry. It was really hard. Look at what happened to him. You see, his allegiance to God is tested by what? By trials and hardship. Look at verse 45 in chapter 13. They were filled with jealousy and began contradicting Paul, revealing him. And then verse 50, people stirred up persecution against Paul and Barnabas and drove them out of their district. Ito, kasi simula pa lang niya, sunod-sunod ang... And then continue on. What was happening to Paul in verse 14, uh, chapter 14, verse 5? to mistreat them and to stone them. In verse 19, they stoned Paul and dragged him out of the city, supposing that he was dead. His allegiance, his commitment, his loyalty towards God was tested by trial and hardship. But what did Paul do? He did not give up. He continued on and follow the direction and leading of God in his life. 
despite of the hardship. He continued on. Not only his allegiance was tested during hardship, but it was tested when he was elevated or honored. Hindi lang yung kahirapan pala, but yung when he was honored. Now in verse 14, what's happening here? Paul went to this place and he began to heal somebody. And that person was healed. And respond ng mga tao, Paul, kayo ay Diyos. They said, the gods have come down to us in the likeness of men. Just imagine mo ito si Paul, hinil niya yung, yung taong hindi makalakad. Ang respond ng mga tao, mga Diyos to, mga anghel kayo. Sinabi dito, in verse 12, Barnabas, they called Zeus and Paul Hermes because he was a chief speaker. So ang response ng tao, tinataas sila, ino-honor sila. Wow. Just imagine, ikaw pumunta sa lugar, tapos tinaas ka. Baka pag ako dyan, baka doon na lang mag-stay. Hari ka na. Sabihin mo lang, gusto ko ng halo-halo. I want this. I want that. They will follow because they, will, they elevated you. Paul should have grabbed that opportunity, stay there and be contented. He was having hardship in the other region, but now here he was given everything. He was recognized as God. But what did he do? Read the text. He tore his robes and he was broken. He said, no, we are not God. We are just mere people. He did not take the opportunity to grab that glory, but he returned it back to God. Our allegiance will be tested during hardship. In the same time, it will be heavily tested when everything is fine, when everything is good, when everything is okay. But how did they respond? He said he tore his robe and said, we are not gods. There's only one. He knew that he is a servant of God. In the midst of applause, Paul surrendered it before God and never grabbed that, never put it on his head, in his heart, because the glory belongs to him. He is just merely a servant to please his master. You know, this quote I found, it says here, true servant, know the master and the master's priority. True servant, know the master and the master's priority. Tanong mo sa katabi mo, kilala mo sino master mo? Do you know who is your master? Do you know what's your master's priority? What's his priorities? It's a question that we should often ask if we see ourselves as his servants. One that would follow his will. A few weeks ago, we were invited to a talk, sales talk. Kami dalawa ni and family. We were given opportunity to stay in a hotel. Maganda, five-star hotel. Sige, wow. It's been long, long, long. Sabi namin, after four years, finally, nakalabas din kami sa ponggol. <laughs> Oo, oh, totoo. Kaya nanibago kami sa orchard. 
So we went there and after that stay, we have to go for a talk. So they will share to us. In that talk, they were selling to us some, some stuff. You must stay as a hotel. You have to pay certain amount. Like you be, if you will be a member, you paid certain amount, like 600 per month for five years. Pero, pag nagpepe ka na, pwede ka na magstay, anong magandang hostel na masasarap? So each year you can stay, let's say in Singapore, you can stay about three or four days So St. Regis. Five star yun, alam niyo ba, St. Regis. O kung hindi kayo ayaw mo doon, so Westin. <laughs> or maybe ang ayaw mo doon sa Sentosa wow o kung ayaw mo sa Pilipinas pero yung high class na hotel you can stay dito Singapore that three days people sa Pilipinas probably about seven days oh pam puso ako na excited ako pero magbabayad ka ng ganitong amount per month Tapos bigla akong binanatan ng tao. Yung salesperson, she told me, you know if you go France, sabi ko, France, yes, France. The, the place is beside Disneyland. Beside Disneyland, oo. You go France, beside Disneyland. You know how long you can stay? How long? One month. Sabi ko, wow. Tiningnan ko yung misis ko, tayo na. Let's go for this. Eh, siyempre, awanan. Awanan kwarta. So, what I did, I said, probably, talk to my wife, probably next year. Let's just pay off what we need to pay off. Probably next year, let's spend this amount. Imagine mo, for five years, you just pay, then all throughout your life, you can fly anywhere. Or you can stay anywhere that's nice. Wow, sabi ko. Yung puso ko, sabi ko, na-excite. Sabi ko, naisip ko na, nasa Disneyland ako, may snow. So we were meditating about it, and suddenly si Mrs. that few weeks, sabi niya, eto ba ang priority ng Diyos sa buhay natin? Nag-preach. Nothing wrong to have those things. But with this limited fund we have, ito ba gusto ng master natin? Ito ba, gusto ng, ito ba ang priority ng master natin? What if that small amount that we give just to satisfy ourselves, that flesh that we want, if that small amount is given to someone who's poor, who are in need or for mission, would it be greater rather than spending it for ourselves? It is nila ni. Deep inside my heart, parang wow. Ando to. You know, my wife talked to me, you know, we are not going, we are not, we are not doing what, what really want God wants us to do. We must go back. What is it the Lord is wanting us to do? What is my, our master's priority? Because oftentimes we can go to a different place. Oftentimes we seek what we want. We seek what we need. We seek what we desire and neglect our master's priority. Sige, JB na lang tayo. 
No, oftentimes, there's nothing wrong of doing those things if you can, if you have the means. But again, we are being blessed by God to do His priorities, to do what He wants us to do. Church, Living Word Fellowship, we have been blessed so much. Don't just waste it for on your own sake. Ask God, Lord, what is your priorities in my life? No matter where we are, no matter our context, may it be in our ministries, in school, in our families, in our friends, there will be moments that our allegiance will be tested. Are we drawn? Are we committed? Are we loyal to God? Or we have been so cold. One thing I learned here, it says in, in this quote, it says here, seeking to serve Christ alone will settle many conflicts of interest. Seeking to serve Christ alone. Seeking to serve Christ alone will settle many conflicts of interest. Oftentimes when we serve, when we do things, we have our own motive. But if our motive is surrendered to God, if we ask Him, Lord, what is it that you want me to do? I want to please you. You know what happened? Your life will be simpler. Because your goal, your purpose is to please Him. May it be in church. It settles many conflicts of interest. You want to serve God, but you want the stage. You want to be here. Then something is wrong. You can serve God while cleaning the chairs. Because you are still pleasing Him. Come to the Lord. Lord, is there any conflict of interest in my heart? Because I want to please you. I am your servant. There are times our allegiance will be tested. And I pray that the Lord will teach us to discern and to respond to Him. Paul mentioned about his allegiance. He is not a people pleaser. He is not seeking for fame. His aim is to please his master. Second, Paul defended himself by, by saying that he, about the message that he has, that is a divine source. When you look at verse 11 to 12, we read here, For I would have to you, brothers, that the gospel that I preach by me is not man's gospel, for I did not receive it from any man, nor I taught it, but I receive it through a revelation of Jesus Christ. The Judaizer is challenging Paul's authority by questioning the source of his teaching. They were questioning sanggaling ang mga tinuturo mong yan. They were trying to discredit him. And one way to discredit him is to claim that the apostles' teaching that Paul's message came from human origin, human source, from tradition, particularly from Jerusalem, which is the central of knowledge and authority. They were saying that yung tinuturi ni Paul is galing kay Peter and kay James, some scholars said. Because if they were able to do that, if they were able to connect his teaching to them, then they discredit siya. He's not a real revelation from God. However, if you look at Paul, how he clearly explained the experience that he had, the salvation he had, and his understanding of the gospel is from God alone, from Jesus. 
Even before he met Peter and James, look at Galatians chapter 1, 16, sabi dito, I did not, after he experienced God, I did not immediately consult anyone. Nor did I go to, to Jerusalem to those who were apostles before me, but I went to Arabia. In verse 18, then after three years, I went to Jerusalem to visit Peter, that's Peter, and remained with him for 15 days. But I saw none of the apostles except James, the Lord's brother. And I'm still unknown in person to the churches of Judea. It means that he didn't have any contact, no relationship at all. So his message, take note, his message did not come to any man, but directly from the revelation of Jesus Christ. Now, it can be explained in many ways. Some scholars said he was, when he was in Arabia for three years, he was praying and pondering. Some scholars said then he experienced Christ and God gave him the, the revelation. And there's many ways to explain that. But one thing is that the source of his message, the source of the gospel is his experience with Jesus Christ. The message was never based on human idea, concept, or tradition. But it was Jesus that revealed the gospel to him. Now, we might not like might, might the same, we might not have the same direct interaction like Paul did with Jesus. But you know what? God made a way for us to know him through his word. Not only that, He made a way for us to know God because the Holy Spirit will illuminate His Word and reveal the truth in our hearts. What Paul is stating here is that his teaching is not just tradition of men. He is well learned. But his teaching comes from his, his walk, his relationship, his encounter with Jesus Christ. My question I have today, how are we treating the Word of God in our life? How are we treating His Word? Are we treating His Word with reverence? O pampatulog lang siya kung gusto niyo nang matulog? You see, Paul said in 2 Timothy verse 3, he says here, All Scripture... Is bred out of God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness, that man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work. And how should we respond in 1 Thessalonians 2, verse 13? He says here, which you have heard from us, you have accepted it not a word of men, but as what it really is, the word of God, which is at work in you believers. I've shown you earlier the way people think today, the different worldview. Post, pre, modernism. How can we respond if we don't dive into God's word? How can we respond when young people will ask us tough questions? How can we respond if we don't look at God's word as divine, but we just look it like a magazine? Nakailangan lang basahin pag may problema ako. How do you treat His Word? How do you treat? 
His word in our life. O mamimili ka lang ng gusto mong basahin. Psalms 23. I'm not saying it's wrong, ha? Bukas, Psalms 23. Next day, Psalms yun na lang palagi. Hindi tayo lalago. May we have that reverence to His Word. The Scripture, both the Old and the New Testament, are verbally inspired of God and are revelation of God to man. Infallible, authoritative, rule of faith and conduct. How do we live our life? Is it what we want by His Word? Paul see, saw that His message is not just tradition of men, but from God. Paul defended himself by laying down his allegiance. Second, the message that's carrying. But thirdly, he defended himself by his testimony. One of the greatest justification of Paul against his accuser is this, his life testimony on how God displayed his grace and mercy toward his life. No doubt when was Paul was preaching, he was not just preaching it out from his head, but he's preaching it out from his experience because he himself experienced the presence, experienced the grace, experienced the mercy of God. God showed Paul personally that it was never his religious work, never his commitment, his loyalty that he was accepted. Remember, he was so faithful in the man's tradition. But it was never by his work, but he was accepted because of his grace and mercy in his life. Look at how Paul explained his life in three ways. He explained his life in three ways. His own life, his encounter, and his new life. If we read in the text in verse 13, he sabi dito, this is his own life. For you have heard my former life in Judaism, how I persecuted the church of God violently and tried to destroy it. Paul's own life, his intention is to kill Christians. Paul's own life is to destroy church and that's his aim, that's his motivation to kill it all. And that's what he wants. And he says there, I'm advancing beyond any others. And he said, so extremely zealous was I in my tradition. And this is his life. He was an enemy. But he encountered God in Acts 9. In this way, in Damascus, he has this letter that he has the authority to destroy. He's the one who even allows Stephen to be killed. But in Acts 9, he encountered Jesus. Paul, Paul, why? And who are you? I'm Jesus. And he encountered God in a powerful way. He encountered God in an intimate way. He encountered God in a way that he can never say that he's not God. You know what? He changed his life. And what happened? In verse 15, he said, But he who had set me apart before I was born, now he realized who he is. He's been set apart for God. To do what? By, by his grace. To do what? That he may preach him to the Gentile. 
Now he was once an enemy, but now he's an ambassador of God. He was bringing death to everyone, but now he's bringing message of life. He was once a persecutor, but now he's a worshiper of God. You know, no persuasion can cause this man to leave his religion. Only God can soften. Only God can change his heart. Only God can stop him. Only God can turn him around 180. And look how he lived his life. He was once an enemy, but now he's working and living for the Lord. Galatians 1, and this is how they respond. It says here, They only were hearing, it says, He who used to persecute us is now preaching us the faith he once tried to destroy. And they glorify God because of me. Never, never they thought that God can turn this man around. He was their enemy. But the Lord is the one who touched his heart. I don't know if any one of you, you have a sister, a brother, a parent. Na pinipursuit ka. Oh, kamusta ka na born against? Kamusta ka na hallelujah? Praise the Lord. Have you have someone who, who did that to you? They persecute you, but suddenly you found out in Facebook na naging Christian siya. Have you encountered that? What God is showing us here, there's nothing impossible to Him. Nothing is impossible. You might have a wayward child. Your brother might have, have hated you because you have turned. You might have a mother who, who despised you because you have walked in this path. But you know what? God can change anyone's heart. And it's Him who will change. And you will be amazed and you will respond, I will glorify God on what He did to His life. So never lose hope. Never lose hope. If God can do that to Paul, God can it do it to anyone. You see, Paul as an ambassador of Jesus was challenged and questioned. But and how he responded by defending himself by what? By showing that his allegiance is, is to the Lord. But his message is not traditional message of man. But his message is from God. And he defended himself with telling him them his story. That he was changed by God. No matter how messy, how wicked, how, how much he failed and how much he had destroyed the church. Yet God still loved him and showed mercy and grace. My question to all of us today, how are our allegiance before God? Are we living for Him or for ourselves? 
What kind of message are we holding on? Are we holding on in His Word to direct us? Lastly, what kind of testimony we are sharing? You know, as I call upon the worship team, this morning, I read a testimony of a sister. I read a testimony of how God changed her life. And I know God is still changing today. God is still changing today. Kaya church never lose hope. God can change anyone's life. I read the testimony this morning, but today I will ask her to come and share the testimony. How the Lord turned her life around. And I know some of us have that story. And I pray that as you will hear that story, it will ignite our, our heart. I said, Lord, you are alive. You change. You can change people's heart. Nothing is impossible to you. And I would like to invite Gil Rose. I read her testimonies on Facebook and I think it's, it's for her to just share the testimony. So I was always envious of those who had them. As I grow older, that envy created a void in my heart. I always compared myself to others, their best against my worst, their abundance against my lack. I felt so small and insignificant even towards my own family and relatives. I get along well with others. But I still felt I still did not belong. In search of a sense of belongingness, I learned to drink and smoke at the age of 12. The same time, my mother left us to be with another man. I enjoyed the freedom my father gave me as I explored my teenage years. I associated myself with people who accepted me as I was, making me feel significant. My drinking and smoking became my lifestyle until I went to college. I got involved in a romantic relationship. At first, it was nothing. But the relationship turned sexual when I was only 17. After two years, my partner and I decided to live together without marriage. I agreed thinking we would eventually marry and achieve our dreams together. I was also grateful for his family who welcomed me and accepted me like their own daughter. Finally, I found a place to belong. When I was 
life, uh, recent problems, and eventually his drug addiction tore us apart. Our relationship became to very toxic. I felt worthless. I look all right on the outside, happy, strong, and positive. But in deep inside, I was broken, weak, and drowning. I was thinking of ending the relationship, but did not have the courage to do so. I also feared that no one would accept me after all that I had done. In 2017, I applied as a domestic helper here in Singapore to give ourselves some space. In 2019, I was invited to attend a Sunday service worship here in the Living Word Fellowship. I felt something in my heart that made me decide to attend the church regularly. Just three months after I attended the women's retreat for the first time, I hear God speak to me through the lesson on the prodigal son. God showed me very clearly that I was like the prodigal son, searching and looking for something to fill the void in my heart. And in the process, losing my way, yet my heavenly father has always been there waiting for me to come home. Not long after that, I came to realize that the sins I had committed against God I ask for his forgiveness and receive his lordship over my life. I decided to commit myself knowing the Lord more. In so doing, God worked in my life in unexpected ways. One very significant thing he did was to open my eyes and understand that the relationship I had with my partner was not right in his eyes. In February 2020, he gave me the courage to finally put an end to our 11-year relationship so I can be free from damage, make myself right with God, and focus on Him. Though I committed my many sins against God, He let me know how much He loves me, that I was, that while I was still a sinner, Christ died for me. In Romans 5, verse 8, Because of God's presence in my life, I no longer envy others, those who have money and beauty. Now I know that I am wonderfully and fearfully made by God. In Psalms 139, verse 14, I, feel no long, I no longer feel small and insignificant because my worth is now in Jesus. He transformed me from being a mess to a messenger of God. I am Gilrose last was a sinner now forgiven. To God be all the glory. We've been hearing about our desire to be a gospel community. That the church be a place of safe home where people find hope encouragement but before that to happen there's a need for us of heart surgery that our heart will be surrendered to the Lord
united as one so that we may preach God's love to the those who are broken outside so that we will have one message His gospel Just imagine if the testimony is not just confined here but you'll be bringing a testimony in every place you are at work at place Thank you Sister Gilrose for the testimony I know some of you have the same story but what we are being reminded today that God still changing hearts of people restoring turning what's mess what's unbeautiful what's imperfect turning it to something beautiful that will bring glory to his name amen amen let's let's arise church let's rise up and what we're gonna do is say lord this will be our prayer Lord, I desire, Lord, that your name will be lifted up in this place. That your name will be lifted up in every heart, in every mind. That we will experience your power. We don't need another explanation of the gospel. But we need, Lord, is the power that will change God, the heart of man. declare in this place hallelujah let it be our prayer in the mighty name of god i just want to speak the name of jesus over every heart and every mind because i know this is within your presence i speak jesus in this place, I just want to speak the name. I just want to speak the name of over Jesus. every heart and every mind, over every heart and every mind. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. I just want to speak the name of Jesus In every dark addiction In every dark addiction starts to break We want to declare your hope Declaring there is hope and there is freedom I speak Jesus Let's sing again, I want to speak the name I just want to speak the name of Jesus Every addiction will be break. Every addiction starts to break. Yes, Lord. Declaring there is hope and there is freedom. I speak Jesus. Cause your name is power. Let's divide. Your name is power. Your
lives in our hearts, Lord. You know what's happening, our deep desire, even our struggles, our fear, our sight, and even areas of us, the stronghold that we are struggling with. But we thank you in the mighty name of Jesus. In you, Lord, we have freedom. that we are your children we have that freedom now to live in victory because Christ is living in me the Holy Spirit is working in each one of us hallelujah hallelujah we worship you Lord our prayer oh God as living word fellowship that will be a gospel community. Lord, enlarge our hearts. Open our hearts that we may live in total obedience and allegiance to you, pursuing, Lord, the things that you want us to pursue. And as we obey you, let your word, Lord, richly dwell in each one of us. And as we go in our different places, Lord, let our testimony, the testimony of your faithfulness and goodness in our life will be seen by people. And they will be amazed. Why? Because we have Jesus in our hearts. And we want to thank you and we want to shout victory in you, God. Hallelujah. We worship, Lord. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. Oh, God, we praise you. We praise you, Lord. And I'll pray, oh, God, that we will experience not just another definition of the gospel, but, Lord, the power that you are working each one of us in our lives the gospel that will break every stronghold not afraid because we have you in our lives salamat Panginoon for this day that we have hallelujah if any one of you want to be prayed for the elders will be here and the pastor will be here in front after I've said the benediction, you can come over and our elders will be here to pray for you. So I invite you, if anyone need to be prayed, to be prayed with, we are here. The elders just prepare. Let's raise our hand and receive the benediction. May you grow in the grace, in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be the glory, both now and to the day of eternity. Amen and amen. Let's give the Lord a clap offering. We thank you, Lord, this day. Hallelujah. Thank you for those who join us online. See you next week. Those who need to be prayed.
And we want to pray with you. God bless everyone. Turn to the person beside you and said, have a blessed week.